0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Windows 11 22H2 update is out. It's the first major update of Windows 11, and we break down some of the new features and old features that Windows users should check out. The latest version of WhatsApp allows users to join calls by tapping a link. Calling same to make it easier for groups of up to 32 to join both voice and video calls. Amazon decided that one Amazon Prime Day event per year is not enough, so it has officially announced the Prime Early Access Sale October 10th and 11th. And IBM announces 14 new cybersecurity leadership centers at HBCUs, bringing a total to 20. The cybersecurity industry is in dire need of qualified professionals, and IBM is taking a stance that if we can't find them, train them. We've got all this and more for you in episode 53 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of the
2: suburbs of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. just the two of us again. Uh, We got the third member is uh, not with us this week. Uh, Last minute uh, emergency on her part. Um, She, Stephanie, says she's going to have to miss today because she was in the gym. And I'm paraphrasing uh, doing too much in the gym. Mm. (laughs) According to her, she says she, um, maybe her own prognostic pro- prognosis is she was having some, uh, maybe, uh, pinch nerve, nerve. Yeah. 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 Pinch so. nerve. Uh, says she's doing what she normally does in a gym a million times, but bad form or something like that. I personally think, you know, she's trying to become a, uh, a, a, a gym Instagram influencer. So she was recording herself. Uh, and doing a little ego pumping. And as a result, uh, uh, tore, uh, pinched her nerve because she was doing too much. But that's just me talking. <laughs> I can uh, tell we'll you. have man. to wait.
1: Go I, ahead. I've, I've pinched a nerve before, um, in my neck. Um, she said she was benching. I was actually deadlifting when I did that. <laughs> and that'll take you down, man. It it really will. So I, I, the, I feel the, the for
2: ego, them ego pumps will take you yeah,
1: down. <laughs> ho- hopefully she, uh, uh, will quickly. And be back with us um, next week. Um, but before we get started with the show, I just want to let listeners know that we actually are live streaming the Tech John as we're recording it. So if you would like to be a part of our live stream, right now we, we popped in. We got a room full. Saray, so Charles, uh, Kaijum, Wayne Dixon. We, we got a bunch of folks who are hanging out with us as we actually record this show live. And the way you're able to do that is to become a patron of the show. So in order to become a patron, you head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. That is patreon.com forward slash the Tech J A W N. And any of the tiers over there will get you access to our live stream, our Discord server, and a bunch of other, a bunch of other, uh, you know, um, you know, goodies d- depending on which, uh, tier you would actually sign up to. So once again, it's head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John, the tech J A W N. And with that, man, so the, the big news, th- there wasn't a lot of, of big stuff. There's just like a lot of little stories out, but the, probably one of the biggest ones, or at least one of the effects to most people. Is that and I know this is not your jam, but uh Windows eleven uh second half twenty two update came out. So this is like the what is, biggest wait,
2: what wait? What are they calling it?
1: It's the Windows, Windows 11, eleven second, second half, half of 2022 twenty twenty two update. Oh. So uh, this is basically I, the major update that they do. Uh, for Windows 11. Now, one of the things that Microsoft started doing with Windows 10, um, and they've gotten pretty good at this is just pushing out monthly updates. So you don't have to wait until a big giant update comes out. What this one does is it kind of wraps up all of those monthly joints plus some pretty big stuff, um, that they're adding, um, you know, to this that's going to make Windows, you know, function and look just a little bit different. So some of the big things, um, that we're going to see in here is, uh, in the start menu, they've added app folders. Uh, they're getting that right from the iPhone, getting that right from Android devices. You look like you got a question. What's up? You couldn't always do that. Um, no. So there was always, when you would click the start menu, you always had Uh apps that you could pin, but now you can actually pin folders. So, so I'll just give you an example. Like right now I'm looking at my pinned apps and I have like word, Excel, PowerPoint. Um, all there, but what I will be able to do when I upgrade this to, uh, this update, uh, is I'll just stick all three of those into a single folder and give me a little bit more space so I can maybe bring some more of my favorites, uh, to, you know, to my pinned area. So that's just one of those well, little things. Will,
2: will that save you, uh, time versus you just tapping the windows button and start typing in Excel and it pop up or? Uh, what, what, I guess in your opinion, what would be the, uh, advantage to doing that versus like you being a more, uh, experienced user,
1: knowing how to just start, do a quick search for, for the app that you're looking for. So for me, I'm pretty much, I just type in whatever it is I'm trying to get to and just have it come right up. But mm-hmm. I do know people, you know, I, I've actually heard people say, I hate that I can't pin this. It's like, why can't I, you know, can I do it? So I think this might be just one of those things that Microsoft is addressing. It doesn't, you know, it apparently didn't take significant effort for them to be able to do this. And it's just making the user interface just a little bit more usable for some mm-hmm. folks. Um, right. I could see if there were like some apps that I can't remember the name of. Um, I know what the app is and does, but I just can't think of the name of it. So I've got to go search through the list of apps until I, oh, that's what I was looking for. This might make that a little bit easier. Um, I'm thinking, um, like I always forget like, you know, um, like on my phone, I've got a a folder specifically for my photo app. So like my camera gallery, the camera app itself, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Google pictures, Canva and stuff that are in there like that. Um, there's, there's this one app called, I, b- I believe it is called uh Snapseed. Um, and I can never remember what the name of it is. So uh, I stuck it in that folder. So now I just know, let me just go to this folder. Oh, here's the one. And the reason I like it is it does a really, really good vignette that's better than all the other stuff. That's the only thing that I use it for. It's a vignette, but it is really, really good at doing it. So it just you know, I use that app once or twice a year. It just makes me not have to remember it. So I could see this being that type of benefit to people. If you can't remember an app that you don't use that often, just throw it into a folder of apps that you use regularly. And it's just kind of easier to find. Mm-hmm. nothing that was going to make me not use the operating system because of it. Um another one and this is one that I kind of missed um was start menu uh uh you know be, being able to uh just you know drag and drop on your taskbar and you couldn't already do that? <laughs> you could Years ago, uh, they kind of took that away, uh, and now they're bringing it back. So that you was one of them. You, you had
2: to select pin the taskbar. Yeah, you couldn't just drag them over there. Gotcha.
1: So, so no, this is a little different than that. So let's say that I have an image, an actual like I've got an image, a JPEG on my mm-hmm. desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, I can double click on that image and it'll open up in whatever app is the default, I can right-click mm-hmm. on it, and then I can pull down and say Open With and select my app. But let's just mm-hmm. say that I just want to open it up in Chrome so I can look at it real quickly. Well, instead of having to right-click and say Open in Chrome, I literally can just drag the image, you know, the to icon the, of the image, to, to the Chrome icon, and it just opens up. Uh, you gotcha. used to be able to do that, um, you know, a minute ago, and that went away. And okay. that was one of those ones to where, like, if they wouldn't have brought it back once again, it's not going to make me stop, but I didn't miss that when it was gone. And now that that is actually back. And, um, you know, there's a, you know, a couple other, uh you know, little things. Let's see here. They, they improved uh snap layouts. So this is when, if you're uh, like, I've got a really large monitor. So my monitor technically is two monitors mm-hmm. because of the size of it. So I actually have uh certain applications that are just docked in the same place all the time. And they just open up there. Well, uh, what they have done yeah. is they've given you significantly more options for how you dock. So it used to be pretty much just a left, right, middle type of thing. Now you've got left, right, middle. You've got different grids. You can put like a small box at the top, you know, um, you know, two smaller box under it. It, it gives you more configuration control over how you want to snap your windows, particularly if you're like me and you've got, you know, one of these large, you know, uh, you know, large format monitors to where you truly are looking at almost two monitors when you've, you when you think about the amount of real estate that you have. So mm-hmm. there's like, there's just a bunch of little things like that, plus all of the security and software updates that they're putting in there. Um, as I said, I have not installed it yet on my primary driver because I'm working on a project that'll be done this week and I just don't want anything to change. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to install it on my uh, laptop. Um, you know, you know, my, my, my secondary laptop actually sitting right behind me. Um, I'll probably install it on that tonight or tomorrow morning or something like that. But I, I got a project I need to get, you know, through the, you know, the end of this week, maybe next week before I actually put this on my daily driver. But, um, it's, uh, like, it's just pretty straightforward. Uh, update is, it, it's, it's not like it used to be to where everything came. And that's just because, you know, Microsoft has become much better at monthly giving you all the little updates, uh, you know, that you need. But
2: you still kind of seem kind of hesitant on just clicking update because you mentioned you're going you got a project that you need to get done. And then after that, you're going to do this update.
1: So you still there's a little trepidation. Um, I have been burned before and it's been decades. Oh. But that's one of the things it's kind of like if you touch a, a hot stove when you're a child. You tend not to do it again, which, <laughs> you know, as you get older, it, it is, it gotcha. is almost always an accident when that happens. I am not going to touch a hot stove with this. So do I think I'm going to have any problems with it? I do not, but the amount of time it would take me if I had to recover, you know, from it, it's just not worth it when mm-hmm. I can just wait until the weekend when I'm done working on my project. Gotcha. So that, that's just me. Being, and I'm the same way with my phone. I don't immediately update on my phone. If I know that I'm going to be in the middle of doing something, or if I'm about to, you know, get in the car and drive somewhere, I'll wait until I'm at home, sitting in the house updated overnight. That way, if I got a problem, I can actually sit there and fix it as compared to being out in the street and, and being locked up with it. So do you have any windows in your life? I mean, do you use parallels or anything like that or,
2: uh, yeah, it depends on, uh, depending on, um, Company I'm contracting for, they issue a computer. Most of the time they're going to issue a Windows. Uh, so every once in a while I have to get down on one, but, um, I try to avoid them like the plague when I can, not because they're whack or whatever. I just am us- used to Mac so much that I feel like I'd be less productive
1: on a PC because I'm just not used to it. All. Oh, and I can, can completely concur with that. Um, like I said, it's, you know, th- these updates, even though this is a major update, it's not like it used to be back in the day that when you upgraded, it was almost like you had a new operating system. And that's just because Microsoft is so much better at every month pushing out, uh, you know, good updates to you. So, um, that's just a high level of what Windows 11, um, 22 up or second half 22 update, um, is there's, you know, you can go and read the, we'll, we'll link to the, uh, you know, to the, to the notes where you can go look and see everything that they've done. My gut tells me. The 80% of users probably won't notice anything. It'll be the power users who are, oh, you know, like you may stumble across that you drag something down to your uh, taskbar and it opens up. Um, but most of these other things, um, you have to intentionally think about using them. So my gut tells me that most people probably wouldn't. Or maybe you're trying to snap a window and you'll see, oh, there's there's new options or something like that. Um, I remember a few months back that they added the clock. So one a, a big complaint was that the clock, you know, for people who are using multiple monitors, the clock that's in your tax bar only existed on your primary machine. So if you were using a laptop and had to connect it to a monitor, it would only be on the laptop screen that now exists on all of your screens screens. I didn't notice it until somebody said something. It's like, oh, yeah, that is there. So it's like it was one of those things that came up. I didn't even notice. I think what most of these updates are going to be are pretty much like that. You just won't even really notice. them. Gotcha. So um, next story, Terrence, you stuck this one in here. Um, WhatsApp lets users join calls by tapping a link. So I want you to tell us what is going on. You know, what does meta have going on with, uh, with WhatsApp these days?
2: Well, they're just trying to make it easier for people to join group chats. Uh, iOS kind of picked up on this kind of you, you're used to it when you are traditionally on web chats. And what I mean by that is if you're using Teams, if you're using Zoom, if you're using Google Meet, if you're using any other type of desktop. Chat video messaging, you're used to sending out an invite inviting the people you want to invite. And in that invite is a link. You click on the link, you join the call. Uh, well, mo- people are using mobile, they're remote more. Uh, so these mobile apps like WhatsApp, like even iMessage are including that same sort of functionality to where you can, quote unquote, schedule air quotes. If you're not watching, you can schedule a WhatsApp call by being able to uh, create a call link. And then send that out to people, maybe via text message, maybe via email, whatever the case may be, when that person clicks on that link, they jump into the call. So in order to do this, you need the latest version of WhatsApp to use the call links. And then from the app's calls tab, you can select the call links option. And then from there, you can generate a link for a voice or a video call to share with family and friends. And then in addition to that, it looks like they've up they upped, they've upped the amount of people that can join a call, uh, an encrypted group call up to 32 people. So, again, mo- these mobile apps that we use tr- traditionally use for text messaging are starting to get into the group messaging, the group video call format to keep people into their apps.
1: So one thing that I think is a little different than what Apple was doing with FaceTime is that you actually have to be a WhatsApp user regardless of that you're creating a link or receiving a link on this. So this is right. for WhatsApp users only. If I read that correctly, is that, is that right?
2: That is for WhatsApp users only. Um, of course, they're trying to keep you in the app. So um, what, what FaceTime did recently with maybe uh, not even iOS 15 was they allowed anybody to click on the link and join the call. You don't have to be a FaceTime user. That's about as close as you ever going to get. <laughs> mm. But they are letting you do that. You know, you don't have to be an iPhone user. You don't have to be a FaceTime user. You can do this on a Windows PC. You can do it on a Chromebook, things of that nature versus this uh, WhatsApp. You have to be a WhatsApp user with the newest version of WhatsApp in order to do the calling op- option. And I'm assuming that's because they want it to be encrypted. So
1: okay. I don't makes know. Sense. I'm just guessing. That makes sense. In
2: order for it to be encrypted, you got to be device on device, one for one, you can't be on different things. And I mean, I guess the less likely they can encrypt it or they can, they can see <laughs>
1: encryption, yeah. if you're using something else. And it's funny because, you know, although many people know what WhatsApp is here and use it, you and I are a member of a group chat, uh, that there's probably somebody saying something that darn near every day, if not multiple times a day. Uh, WhatsApp is not nearly as big in the United States as it is pretty much everywhere on Earth. When you get to, uh, you know, many countries in Europe, uh, the carriers decided, and this is before Google, you know, really got down with RCS. This is before RCS existed. The carriers decided that, you know what, WhatsApp works better than SMS. Let's just go with that. So they actually, uh, you know, supply you with what's, you know, with WhatsApp. Just by getting a phone, you know, like you go, like here, you go to Verizon or T Mobile, you go to, um, I, I don't know the name of a company, let's just say Orange in the UK, and you buy your, uh, you know, you buy an Android device or an iPhone, it just came with that on it. It just came. With that on it, so one of the things that uh you know we, we see here with uh WhatsApp is that I want to say that on Earth there are more WhatsApp messages sent than actual s m s and m m s so this could be a big thing because you know most people around the world that are using smartphones have whatsapp. It's just not a big thing here
2: and in addition to that um I regularly uh try to call. Family and friends via WhatsApp to do a video chat because they want to talk to the kids, especially like my, my folks, right? I call mm-hmm. my mom. I call my dad via WhatsApp video and <laughs> nine times out of 10, they don't answer it or they'll, they'll see it and they'll not know what it is because mm. it's different than just a regular phone call. Cause when I call them on a regular phone call, they know what the chime is. They know what the app to go to, but a WhatsApp face call looks a little different and somebody may not recognize that they may be a little bit weary. They may not just answer it. And then I got to send them a text message like, Hey, I just tried to call you. And then my, my dad will be like, Oh, well, all right, call me back. And then I got to go back into WhatsApp, do the video call and then do it again. Or I can use this, create the link, send it to text message. He clicks the link,
1: boom, he's in the call. Just making it a little easier. So I'm taking notes because that is an excellent, excellent use case. Because I'm thinking right now, I have family members, hey, can you WhatsApp me? Um, not WhatsApp me. Can you FaceTime me? No. Here's the reasons why. I don't have an iPhone, and you don't have an iPhone, so no, we can't we can't uh, do that. But what people are doing, like when they say Google something, you know that that means search or just using Google as a verb. People are now saying FaceTime as a verb, so it doesn't matter mm. that you're using iOS and you say FaceTime me. It doesn't matter if you're using um, Android when you say FaceTime me. People just think that that means you know set up a you know a video communication um, between the two of us. So yeah, that is an excellent use case when you just. Instead of having to try to jump through hoops to get people to use the right thing, just send them a link. They click the link. If they have WhatsApp, you already know you, you've had them install it on their phones and they want to just be talking to you and your kids and kind of go from there. That's, that's a, that's a heck of a use case for that. Mm-hmm. So question for you. Uh, prime day, did you get anything this past prime day back in July? Uh, bought some protein powder. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So uh, that's about it. Um I really don't jump on the Prime Day stuff unless uh I know specifically something that I'm looking for specifically is going to have a deal on Prime Day. Uh, there's so much stuff in Amazon that I rarely go there to just browse like I'm quote unquote window shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I only go to Amazon. It's like I have this thing I want to buy. Let me go find it on Amazon and see if I can get it in a day or two. And then I branch out from there. You know, if it's, well, is it cheaper on Target? Is it cheaper in Walmart? Can I just go pick it up from Best Buy right now? Mm. Or is it easier just wait a day or two? So very rarely am I just on Amazon during like a prime day and be like, oh, let me just see the things that are out there. That's not how I (laughs) online shop. I'm like
1: specific thing in and out. So I am the same way. Um, one of the reasons why I have, I don't think I've ever bought anything on prime day ever. I don't, I don't, I don't think I did because if there's something that I want on Amazon, I am a prime member. I just go and I just get it. So I know that, well, if I got something on prime day, I would save a little bit. But the problem has been, well, you know what? Maybe if I was going to go get some Christmas gifts or something like that, it would make sense. Oh, because you know what? You can get these anchor chargers in there. You know, they're, they're really discounted or you can go get this thing or that thing, um, that, you know, you would give as Christmas gifts. I ain't Christmas shopping in July. I'm just, that's just not going to happen. So, um, the reason I bring all this up is because Amazon, is basically, uh, looks like, you know, there's been rumors of this, but they are going to launch a second, um, Amazon Prime Day. Now they're not calling it Amazon Prime Day this time. This is going to be called Prime Early Access Sale, and it's being held on October 11th and 12th, but it's basically the same two day style Amazon Prime sale that they have in July. They're now doing it in October. So with it coming up in October, um, usually Halloween is, for me, is the start of the holiday season. But that just being a couple of weeks in front of that, I might actually go take a look and just see what they have because if it costs less and I can pay less, why not? If I was going, if it's something I was going to get anyway, a couple of weeks later. So I wonder, um, Amazon's not able to give any, any numbers on what they're expecting because they've never done this before and they just had an Amazon Prime Day, um, in July. But, uh, my gut tells me as long as they advertise it well, um, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do that that might they probably are going to see another really big uh, sales couple days for them coming up here in uh, the middle of October.
2: Amazon price matches with everybody else, so <laughs> don't be feeling like you gotta wait until quote unquote prime day or whatever this prime early access sale on October eleventh or Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Uh, if these companies are heavily competing with each other, and I mean, companies like, like the Targets, like the Walmarts, like the Best Buys, depending on what you're looking for, especially if you're looking for electronics, uh, these companies know what these other companies are selling things for. So um there's a good chance that whatever you're looking for at whatever time you're looking for it, you can probably get the best deal. But I mean, I see Amazon's you know angle they're like all right well if we say it's a special day then psychologically people will think it's a special day when it's probably just tuesday <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. another thing that the prime day has done is it drives memberships too so they they might want to get more people to sign up um well it sounds like they need uh some people to
2: sign up if they're going to be messing around, shortchanging their employees. Bruh, you it,
1: stuck it, this it, it, in. You see, I deleted a story. Will you put this right. one in here? Because I thought we was going to be on this one for a minute. So, so yeah. Uh, you, well, you started telling it. Go ahead and tell it. W- w- what is Amazon doing today? You know, people getting promotions. Because it's foul. Uh, Being cheap.
2: Being cheap is what they're doing. So, basically, what happens is, according to Amazon, they had a software bug that overstated bonus payouts or payments as part of a promotion pay offer. So they're trying to hire me. They do the offer letter and in the offer letter, it sends out this bonus. You can make this much bonus, yada, yada, yada. So the bonus was based on the amounts, uh, the Amazon share price at that time. So of course, Amazon share price was at this time. Maybe now the Amazon share price is down here. But at the time I got the offer, it was up here. And Amazon was like, well, since that was that's old news, you're looking at old news. The new news is um this amount is going to be smaller because the, the share amount is smaller. So the problem is what.
0: Brother tech joined.
2: The problem is. The right thing to do for Amazon would have been like, we know we gave you this offer at this amount. We're going to honor that because we want you to come to the company. We think you are a valued employee, yada, yada, yada. That would have been the right thing to do. Our bad. Let's honor this like a coupon, right? (laughs) You get a coupon, you know, and it's got the wrong date posted on there like a week early or something like that. You go to the store and be like, yo, I want this deal. The company is nine times out of 10 be like, yeah, we messed up on the print, whatever. Mm. We're going to honor this deal. Now, Amazon was like, nah, um, the people that you sent this offer to, um, you need to let them know that the employees now that their offer is now has a lower cash value. And then, of course, Amazon says we recognize that this is an uncomfortable conversation to have. And that's pretty much all they said. So so our bad take this extra money. I mean, take this less money or, uh, go work someplace else. <laughs> if
1: um, you don't like it. Tech Life Steph is not here, but I'm going to channel what she would probably say on this one. That's some BS that she is. She would not use the acronym. She would call it what she, it is. She, she would say, this is moon. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what, she say. what she would say because <laughs> first <laughs> thing that I will call BS on a software glitch. Come on, Amazon! A software glitch. Yeah. The, the software glitch yeah. is that you had it hard coded. The number went below where you wanted to be before Sad. you changed the number, and then you're like, right. "Oh, well, yeah, let, let's let's get away with this because." If you would have had this, you know, I, I'm just thinking, I, I am not a master of Excel, but I'm, I am really good with it. You could have just made it a variable number that would just go do a pool from whatever your stock price is. And that number would change literally in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or close to it if you wanted to get to it every 15 minutes, if you wanted to be that. So f- for mm-hmm. them to say that this is a software glitch. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. hire somebody with some Excel skills and, and this would have never been an issue. I think that. Like I said, they probably just had it hard coded. They meant to do it, didn't get around to it before, you know, these, uh, you know, this quarter's uh, promotion offers went out and say, Oh, no, you know what? We can go back and claw that money back. If they don't like it, then they ain't got to take the promotion. I believe
2: that even if the stock price dropped a little bit, they would have been like, eh, we'll, we'll honor that. But I think what happened was, The stock price said it dropped drastically so fast that Amazon quickly did the calculations like, Oh, we losing that. That's way too much money that we're trying to lose. Instead of saying, okay, well, we'll honor it. it There's like, no, we need to, we need to keep some of that money because it fell too much too fast. And I think (laughs) that in my opinion, that's what's happened. If it would have fell a little bit or it would have just like marginally fell that much over a longer period of time. They probably still would have honored some of those uh, offers. But since it dropped so fast, they're like, nah, that's too much.
1: Um, I wonder if Amazon has someone in there sitting thinking, it's like, OK, we're going to do this. Some people will flat out just I don't want the promotion in." But they have to they have to know. There's a lot of folks. What, what are they calling it now? Quiet quitting. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Give me, give, give me less money than you promised me, but I am doing the bare minimum. Right. right Trust me. Right. You ain't going to be trying to promote me again. Um, it's probably right. how they're going to, you know, you know, go towards that job and maybe be and, looking for something else. And it's like,
2: and what, what I think in addition to that, Amazon was probably like, all right, this recession thing is coming. There are a lot of people out there not really sure about if they're going to have a job. There are a lot of people out there probably struggling to find a job right now because these companies are starting to lay off. They're trying to cut back. They're trying to do all these things to prepare for this quote unquote looming recession that nine times out of 10 is going to come anyway. So Amazon is banking on the fact that there's somebody out there looking for a job. They get an offer from Amazon and then Amazon got to retract the offer a little bit and they're banking on the people's like, well, I don't know if any opportunity is going to come up. So let me just get what I can get right now and just hold on to that, even though it's not as nice as I thought it was because Amazon's tripping.
1: Yeah. Companies, they they need to be real careful with doing this kind of stuff because, you know, w- you know, we're in this thing. We'll kind of talk a little bit about this in the next story, but you know, they're, they're calling us the great resignation for a reason. You got people who are figuring out, wait a minute. I have way more power than I thought I had. This, this pandemic has showed me that, oh, I can work for another company and don't have to physically move to where that company is located. I can still, you know, you know, I can stay where I'm at. Uh, my spouse or my significant other doesn't have to get a new job. They like their job. They can keep it. I can go get this remote job. And make more money, um, and stay right here. Uh, you have all kinds of people who are, you know, figuring out that those are the kind of things that they can do. And it's like, you know, this quiet quitting thing is a thing. Um, you told yeah. somebody you're going to give them X, and it's like, nope, we made a mistake. But so because of the mistake we made, we're not going to give you less than X, but we still want you to do the same level of work that you thought you were going to be getting X for, <laughs> even now that you're getting right. less. And as I said, they
2: sure didn't say, they sure didn't say, since we're giving you less money, we're going to expect less work. Yeah, you get 12%, <laughs>
1: Yeah, you get twelve percent. I don't know what the number is, but yeah, you, you know, let's just say right. it was twelve. percent You get 12 percent right. less responsibility. You don't have to work. Uh, you know, eighty-eight percent of the hours we was asking you to work before. You know, you don't, right. you don't have to do the same thing. You know, clearly Amazon's not saying that. So you know, companies have got to be careful with this because. You know, like, you know, I, I remember a conversation I had with somebody and this is, this is several years ago where it was, they were checking on an employee, uh, to find out. It's like, has anybody heard? And I'm just going to, you know, make a name. Out. Has anybody heard from Johnny? It's like, no, nah, I heard from Johnny yet. You call Johnny up. It's like, uh, Hey, Johnny, it's like, we haven't seen you in a while. Um, you know, what's going on? It's like, oh, well, I quit. And they said, well, when did you quit? It's like, well, when did you notice? <laughs> um, I guess my last day's today. And that, that is a true story to where somebody basically just dipped on the job for about a month <laughs> and mm-hmm. nobody d- never said anything, you know, pulled the check for that time. I'm not recommending anybody go do that. I would hope that you would have more honor in yourself than, than to do that. But I'm just saying it's like you, you, you just promoted people and you, you you're pissing them off day one in that promotion mm-hmm. by paying them less right. than you promised. So yeah, you're definitely definitely not painting the loyalty picture that
2: you want to paint when you bring somebody on, but already messing their money over before they even start working a day. People ain't gonna forget that, you know. And like you said, they may just all right. Well, I'm gonna work even less just to keep this job instead of being this quote unquote model employee that you want me to be.
1: I, I have been a manager, uh, for most of my, uh, you know, m- most of my corporate career. I, I've managed people. So, you know, I, I love it when you get folks who are into their job and they do what they do, but you can never really ask, you, you never really should be asking anybody to do more than what their job description is, but you should show enough, make sure you're paying them to do. What the job description is. So like I said, we, we you know, we, we talk circles around this one, but Amazon, this, this ain't, this ain't a good look. This is not a good look at all. And the only reason you're doing this is because you think you can get away with it. So mm-hmm. we'll, we, we'll see. You know, is, is Johnny, it's like anybody seen Johnny, <laughs> you know, in, in the warehouse, mm-hmm. you got this prime, uh, or not prime day. What are they calling it? Uh, prime early access sale coming up. You know, I know I want me one of the new Kindles. Uh not the paper white, but the new one that almost does what the paper white does and costs significantly mm. less. I want one of them. I just want you to make sure that when it when it comes in the box, it is actually the Kindle and not like a box of bolts and nuts because <laughs> somebody wasn't paying attention and didn't care to check. so we'll see how that goes yeah I, yeah, I
2: need a new uh flat screen monitor for my exercise room, so uh, I may just take a look at this early access day or whatever they call it early access sales see if they got something out there but uh
1: yeah yeah we'll 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 see like i said i might do some early christmas shopping on
0: that it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away
1: But we're going to go ahead and get into this last story here. Um, and I'll just tell you what it is. I'll read the headline. IBM announces 14 new cybersecurity leadership centers at HBCUs, bringing its total to 20. Now, we first talked about this on the Tech John back in May when IBM established centers at Clark Atlanta, Morgan State, North Carolina A&T, South Carolina State, Southern University, and Xavier. And just this month, they've added an additional 14 schools, Alabama A&M, Albany State, Alcorn State, Bowie State, Edward Waters University, Florida A&M, Grand Family, Norfolk State, North Carolina Central University, Talladega College, Texas Southern, Tuskegee, Voorhees, and West Virginia State University. So essentially what they have done, um, you know, for the six schools uh, whose centers launched back in May, students and professors have already participated in the cyber attack simulation training exercises offered by IBM. They also have uh, security expert lectures and workshops that are offered by IBM. For the just announced 14 additional HBCUs, they have immediate access to the IBM coursework, lectures, immersive training experiences, certifications, IBM cloud-hosted software, and professional development resources, all at no cost to the school. One of the big things that I liked about this is they're actually providing internships to folks who go through this uh, as well. IBM hasn't commented on what this is costing them, but we know it ain't free. So the big question is, what is IBM getting out of this? To make a long story short, Potential workers. To make a short story long, even though HBCUs only account for three percent of college enrollment, they produce thirty-five percent of African American computer science degrees. Uh, right now, there are over seven hundred and fourteen thousand cybersecurity job openings, up from just a half a million a year ago. And I say just, but it's you know two hundred fourteen thousand more than it was last year this time. So, as I said, what is IBM getting out of this? Potential workers. They ultimately. Um, know that there are a lot of job openings that they don't have bodies to put in those seats. So if you can't get them, um, you know, uh, by hiring them, um, for, you know, b- because they don't exist, you've got to go other places. you got to go to H-1Bs and bring them from, you know, overseas. Those have dwindled, uh, you know, we're not bringing nearly as many in. And there's not many folks who are wanting to necessarily come right now because they can stay home and do those jobs uh, remotely. And, you know, so the other option is, OK, well, we have to grow them here. We have to get them into, you know, we have to get people who have the right background into these cybersecurity uh, programs. So to me, this is, you know, you know, this is IBM, you know, kind of putting their money where their mouth is. We don't know how much money that is that they're putting there, but like I said, the part of this that I really like is that the folks who are going through this, they're going to get internships at IBM. And you know, for those who don't know how these internships, college internships usually work, you know, you go do these internships your junior year. They make a job offer to you oftentimes if they want to bring you um, in and actually be an employee. At the end of the internship, you go and finish your entire senior year. You only have to focus on graduating and getting through your senior classes without having to actually you know go out and find a job that takes. A lot of pressure off of a lot of students when they're not worried about this money and so.
2: internships when tech companies are not internships at a newspaper or internships anyplace else you know to where they're free they, they're they're not you're not making any money you're just working there to get your name and, and you know to network right. with other journalists or whatever the case may be an internship. At a big tech company is you're getting paid. Right. So in the and summertime, paid, paid well too. You're, right. You're in. So in the summertime, if you, you know, a uh, typical college kid that may not be so affluent coming from an affluent company, you know, the ability to work at a big tech ju- company during the summertime means a lot. So, you know, uh, just to put that out there. Um, I didn't see any major issues with this. Um, it'd be interesting to see the numbers. Of course, we got to see the numbers, you know um, you can say all day long, we're going to provide courseware and we're going to provide lectures and we're going to um, provide all these things, but you know, proof is in the pudding of course. But what I can say is um cybersecurity, you know, information security analysts, so on and so forth, you know, that's the top one of the, according to this story, one of the top 20 fastest growing occupations because proof we always on this show every week talking about some security, some security company, some company getting breached, getting hacked, getting data leaked, mm-hmm. things of that nature. You know, so, um, um, people who go through these, go, you know, go get these degrees, go get these certifications. You're more likely to get a job. So the fact that companies like, uh, IBM, uh, the story also talks about Abbott. They talk about Microsoft. They talk about Raytheon Technologies. These are some big time companies to where, you know, like uh, Rob mentioned, you get a nice job and it pays well. And it's in a highly needed um, in a highly needed area. It's not just them saying, oh, we'll get you a job as a software developer or a coder. Everybody ain't trying to code. But, you know, cybersecurity is important people can see the exact value in that going that field, you know, you decide to go into information security, you know, you successfully go through one of these courses, you just successfully go through one of these programs, you get a job, you know that the work that I'm putting in can make a difference, mm-hmm. right? Versus you just working. And then, like you said, the quiet quitting thing, you know, at five o'clock, I just go home. Versus maybe cybersecurity, you may feel like a little bit more passionate about that because it's like, hey, you know, I need to make sure I do my job so don't might lose all their money <laughs> out their bank account.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, just to reiterate this right now um, at the national level, there are seven hundred fourteen thousand five hundred and forty eight job openings in cybersecurity. The total employed cybersecurity workforce is only one million 91,575. So if you think about the number of openings compared to the number of people that are in the roles, that's like 65%. 65% of the actual job market for cybersecurity is vacant right now. They, they need people to put into these roles. And as I said, what, what is IBM doing? And you know, like I said, you know, you know, we try to keep it as real as we can on this show. Is IBM just doing this for, for purely altruistic reasons? It'd be nice to say yes, but probably not. IBM knows that we need a lot of people uh, in cybersecurity. It, that The number uh, that we need is only going up. Um, we're not graduating enough people uh, who can do this. So where can we go and get a lot of folks who are graduating um, and, and try to bolster some of these numbers? One of the things as I look at the heat map, so I'm looking at a CyberSeek map of where all of these jobs are. And if you were overlay a map of the United States on top of this map that I'm looking at of where black people are in the United States, I don't want to say it's going to be a one to one mapping, but Florida, California, Texas, Missouri, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Ohio, Illinois, uh, you, know, you know, states like that. They tend to have. A lot of African Americans in them. Now you could say, well, what about Mississippi? What about, uh, uh, you know, Louisiana? There's a lot there. Those are not right now. Those are just not tech hubs, but you start looking at like North Carolina, South Carolina. They aren't necessarily as dark as Florida, dark as Texas. But there's a lot of jobs there they're like one tier two tier down to so where they're literally between you know seventy nine hundred and sixteen thousand available jobs right now um in in some of these uh you know states here on the east coast so th- you know there there's a lot of jobs in a lot of places where a lot of people tend to exist and um you know like i said you well, so some-
2: going back to and going back to what you were saying before um I personally don't mind a company like we're going to donate X amount of dollars or we're going to open launch a program or whatever the case may be because we need bodies. So we're going to open this program. We're going to start this, whatever we're going to give all this money because we need bodies. Right. I don't personally don't mind the, we're going to do this thing because we specifically are going to benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Just don't do the bait and switch thing. Just don't do the, yeah, we're going to, you know, the PR stunt, right? We're going to do X, Y and Z. And then at the end, it's just like, well, whatever happened to that program? And then nobody knows six months, 12 months afterwards. But at the time, you know, the company got their little shine. They got their little press. They got their little pub, you know, because they announced this thing. But nowhere of fruits came out of it. I would much rather you be like, yo, we need a bunch of jobs So we're going to open up, launch this, start this, whatever the case may be, because ultimately we're going to benefit as long as I benefit, too. Mm -hmm. It's a marriage. It's an agreement. You know, companies are notorious, notorious, especially when it comes to black colleges and universities. They are notorious for saying, oh, we're going to launch this, start this, open this. And then six months later, a year later, two years, three years later, nothing happens out of that. You know, but like I said, at the time, the, the company got their little publication, they got their little press.
1: Yeah. So w- one of the things as I was, you know, just doing a little bit of research on this story uh, that. It, it's, you know, and we've, we've talked about this on the show before, but it's still just, uh, you know, you know, put it out there. You went to an HBCU. Stephanie went to an HBCU. My, uh, my youngin that just got out the house a month and a half ago, she's going to an HBCU. But, uh, and one of the reasons, um, is because of this, that, uh, you know, HBCUs, they only comprise 3% of college admissions per year. About 10 to 12% of African American students go to HBCUs, uh, as compared to just, you know, the, the total. But when you look at the graduation rate for HBCUs as compared to the graduation rate for uh predominantly white institutions is darn near double. So, I mean, when you when you think about that, you're saying that if you go to an HBCU, when you look like, you know, us, your chances of graduating are a 100 percent better than if you were to go to a PWI. Is that going to be the case for everyone? Clearly, no, it is not going to be the case, but it is a case to be made. It's, it's a stat that you have to make. And this one is just Dumbfounded me. Once again, only 10, 12% of African Americans go to HBCUs. You know, over a third of all computer science degrees come out of HBCUs. So IBM, one of the things we do know that IBM is really, really good at is doing math. They know that, well, if we put money here, it's probably going to work because these are the schools that are pumping out, you know, an an inordinate amount of, you know, computer science majors. Um, it is, it is higher. because
2: we ain't quitting to, to start million dollar uh, startups with a bunch of money from friends and family. <laughs> we can't afford that. We got to graduate. They can go to Stanford, and MIT and Yale and USC and work f- and, and go to school for a semester or a year and a half and then go use a mom and daddy's money and start this million dollar startup with just an idea.
1: <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can't, and I know you're saying that tongue in cheek, but not really. That, that, that is, that is the absolute, uh, you know, truth on this. So, like I said, from IBM stand, IBM standpoint, it's like, well, why, why, why are we going to go do, do this, uh, at HBCU? As you said, Terrence, it purely for them, if it was just a, we need bodies in the seat, we did the math. Folks who go to these schools tend to graduate at a higher rate. And there are way, way more of them coming out with computer science degrees than out of, All the rest of the universities in the country. And by the way, they happen to be HBCUs. So if we get any, you know, if we get any flowers because it looks like we're doing something for HBCUs, that's just an added benefit. So like I said, you know, they said we, we talked a little bit about this back in May when we just thought it was the six universities is now up to 20. Um, you know, will we see IBM add additional schools to this? Not sure, maybe uh you know that that is a possibility uh I know there's going to be some people say, well, they need to do this for every single h b c u well, not every single h b c u offers computer science degrees, so you know you have to actually you know put the money where the money's gonna make sense the other thing too when you look at these schools um that are on this list of twenty, these are the bigger of the schools most of these schools are probably thirty five hundred students or more. you start getting into like you well know, the a and t is the biggest h b c u um with uh i think they're undergraduate enrollment is around 12 or 13,000 or something like that. So, so these are sizable schools that they're, 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 giving this money to. It will be interesting to see if we ever, uh you know, get some information on just how much IBM is putting into this. But as I said, the, you know, the, the big thing for me that is really standing out is that they are they're At least putting some money here. They're putting tools here so that you can actually get trained on those tools. They're providing a curriculum here that says, well, if you want to do it the IBM way, do it like this. And we tend to hire people who know how our stuff works. Um, and they're giving internships. And like I said, the thing about a college internship, um, is that if you do well in your internship, they are very likely to offer you a position before you even get to your senior year, let alone having to go through your senior year trying to graduate and, uh, have the added burden of, okay, once I come up out of here, I can start paying these loans back. I, you know, I have to, uh, you know, get a job and doing that. That's just a lot of added stress you don't have. So I'm all for this. And I would recommend that anybody who was in, uh, you know, in anything, ma- you know, uh, math related and you don't already know what you want to do. Or if you're doing anything computer science, give cybersecurity, uh, you know, a, you know a shot it, this is one of the hottest areas in it right now and these jobs are not going um you know anywhere fast there's way more of them than there are people to fill them so you can kind of write your ticket when you go into this so my man terrence two-man show but i'm looking yep, at the clock yep. and it's looking like it's about that time um yep. we, we didn't have a uh a uh a spotlight this spotlight. week. I think it was, you know, Stephanie was up so her not being here. We didn't, uh, get to a spotlight this week. So I'm sure we will have one next week. But, um, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with telling the folks how they can get to you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, find me on the interwebs at Brother Tech. That's B R O T H A T E C H. And in addition to this show, me and my homegirl, Nika Monfort, we run a Apple centric podcast where we talk all things Apple and then some over at SnobOSCast.com. Definitely go over there, check us out, listen to our latest podcast and uh, subscribe, especially if you Applehead. You definitely want to be over there for that.
1: And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the Tech John on all the things. So come check us out. Hang out with us. And once again, if you would like to support the Tech John, the easiest way, the best way you can do that is to head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John, the tech J.A.W.N. And sign up to any one of our tiers, any of those tiers over there, uh, you know, help, uh, you know, uh, support the show and allow Terrence, myself and Stephanie to give you this Keep technology
2: Mm -hmm.
1: every week so with that we will meet again in a week's time we should be a three-person show next week peace peace
0: hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week